Do you like coffee? I know that you do, and that's why I want to tell you about Fresh Roasted Coffee. Fresh Roasted is a locally owned and operated coffee house right here in central Pennsylvania that is committed to providing the highest quality coffee on earth. They do so by sourcing only the freshest coffee beans and by using the most eco-friendly roasting technology in the world. Fresh Roasted's USDA certified organic coffee beans ensure that your coffee is consistently regulated at each stage of the production process and completely free of GMOs and harmful synthetic substances. Fresh Roasted Coffee roasts their beans per order with immediate packaging and shipping directly to your door, meaning that you get to experience fresh coffee at its peak drinkability. That's what I like. I was introduced to Fresh Roasted Coffee soon after moving to central Pennsylvania, and I'm so happy I was because I think it's literally the best coffee out there. Their Blackbeard's Revenge blend is out of this world good. Whether you use a regular drip coffee maker or a pour-over or a French press, however you get your coffee fix, make it fresh roasted. Go to the link in the notes for this show and use the offer code GRACE10 at checkout. That's offer code GRACE10 at checkout to get a discount on your next order. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Gray. I'm the senior pastor of Stonington Baptist Church in Paxinos, Pennsylvania. The Ministry Minded Podcast is a show that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God that meets us in our messy ministries. And uh, that's a very apropos uh, sort of tagline, especially considering what I want to talk about today. Because uh, today I get the really amazing privilege of sharing with you a conversation uh, my dad and I had back when I was on vacation. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, Natalie and I took a two-week vacation in which we spent some time in South Carolina and also spent some time in Florida. And I've kind of talked about this on a, on a previous uh, podcast. But uh, during that time, I was able to record a podcast with my dad. And I think that's a really cool thing. Uh, a really great privilege that I have had uh, is to just uh, share this sort of medium where he and I can sort of uh, think out loud, so to speak, about some various topics, and uh, we can do so in a, in a fashion that I, I pray uh, benefits and encourages you. And uh, that's really our heart uh, behind this episode, in which we sort of take a deep dive um, sort of a deep dive. I wouldn't call it an extreme, it's not an extremely deep dive. Uh, we're not like, uh, we're not like James Cameron in Abyss or anything. Uh, we're in, uh, but we do take sort of a deep dive into, uh, the, uh, incredible ordeal that my family and I went through a, a couple years ago with my mom and her bouts with, uh, depression. Um, this is a really kind of serious topic. Uh, one for me that I still haven't really fully comprehended I think in my own mind it's one that I am still continuously going back to and uh, learning from uh, that season of life uh, back when all of this was at a fever pitch is one that I won't soon forget and uh, I pray that I don't too just because there is so much that I have learned uh, about myself uh, about God uh, about grace uh, through moments where I never expected to be brought through uh, seasons and valleys that I never expected or ever wanted to be a part of. And yet God in his infinite wisdom uh, allowed our family to endure a season of trial and, su and suffering that is 
the likes of which I have not ever experienced since, and I hope I, I, I don't have to uh, in the future. Uh, it's a season in which I am uh, I can look back on now with you know sort of hindsight, uh, the hindsight of God's goodness in, in just realizing the fact that God. Uh, through it all, had an infinite plan, one that I don't really understand even fully to this day, but it's one that I know that he is continuously working, uh, continuously molding and fashioning myself and my family, too. Uh, I can share the happy news with you that uh, my mom has has made a miraculous recovery from her depression, from her bouts with this uh, affliction on her mind and on her soul and on her psyche. And uh, it is only because God's grace is an infinitely deep well that I can share that with you. Um, there were some times, uh, some really real times, where uh, I did not think that that was going to be possible, where I did not think that that was even going to be a reality. Uh, and my dad and I uh, speak to that. Uh, and I, what we... I think what we really wanted to do through this episode is not just to sort of have a, you know, sort of cathartic conversation about this incredibly uh, tumultuous season that we both endured, that we were both um, uh, happy to sort of be there for my mom, but that, you know, we both endured uh, in very heartbreaking ways. Um, That was sort of necessary, I think, from just an emotional standpoint. But I think, too... um, we having sort of been through that i would i wouldn't hasten to say that we are experts on anything but i would hasten to say that we are happy to share our story in hopes that it um ministers to you um i think this battle with depression is one that i think affects a lot more people than we think uh there's probably a lot more people that are around you uh that are affected by uh, seasons of depression and great and severe discouragement, uh, more than you likely know. And uh, we are sharing this episode with you, uh, perhaps you who are suffering. And I encourage you um, to reach out. Uh, if you are battling with something like this, or perhaps you have a spouse, if you're a minister and you've been made to believe that uh, that your depression or perhaps your loved one's depression uh, is somehow an abnegation of your faith or anything like that, that if you've been made to think that your suffering is is somehow related to the fact that you aren't uh, a Christian anymore or some, some harebrained uh, notion such as that, I encourage you to reach out to us. Uh, we can give you some good news. Uh, that that is not the case, uh, that this season of depression you're going through is, yes, it's difficult, it's trying, uh, but, you know, God's grace is an infinitely deep well, and there is no valley of suffering so deep that God's grace isn't deeper. That's something that Paul Tripp wrote in his book, Suffering, which we sort of reference in this podcast, but um, I want to encourage you, uh, anyone who is out there who is suffering with just a season of uh, great discouragement or depression, uh, I encourage you to reach out to my dad or I. Uh, just I've, I've, I've inputted some links into the notes for this show. Um, talk to us. Reach out to us. It doesn't have to be us, even. Reach out to someone that you know, someone that you trust, uh, that you can just talk to. 
uh, I can guarantee you that there are people who uh, want to listen and want to uh, help. And, and, and I would encourage you too that um, sometimes all you need is someone to listen. And uh, if I can be that for you, uh, I'll be glad to minister to you in that way. Um, I am glad to just listen to uh, someone, you know, vomit all your feelings. Uh, that's what I can be here for you. Um, I can't give you some sort of mystical way that you can overcome depression, but I can give you a listening ear and I can point you to Jesus, the one who knows uh, the deepest uh, corners of your suffering. And he's felt them too. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, your comrade. He's your, he, he's your companion in your suffering. And uh, I can point you to him. Uh, but I pray that you find this episode encouraging. I pray that you find it a blessing. Uh, there is much that uh, I think we, that we didn't cover, but I think there's a lot that we covered that I pray is encouraging to you that you find uh, a blessing. Uh, if you, um, again, if you need to reach out, please do so. Uh, otherwise, I pray that you enjoy this episode in which my dad and I kind of talk about life's uh, griefs and uh, how to comprehend and cope uh, with life's suffering seasons. Uh, enjoy. All right, Dad. It's uh, been since about 2016 since we sat down and talked on the on the podcast. So that's uh, that's my fault uh, for not having you on. Well, that's okay. <laughs> it's I, been a it's been a been a little bit. I understand. Um, but uh, I really wanted to sit down and, and chat uh, about this topic tonight, just because uh, a couple of weeks ago, of course, um, you preached a sermon. I think from First Peter or Second Peter, um, and I preached a sermon from Job thirty-eight, and I come to find out that uh, we didn't really talk about it beforehand, but they ended up having really similar th- themes and uh, things that we were trying to draw out of each of these sermons. Which, um, just to kind of preface it, is this past uh, two weeks ago or so is the uh, two-year anniversary. Seems like a bad word, but the two-year mark, so to speak, of coming out of uh, mom's uh, incredible season of turmoil uh, mm-hmm. with mental health and depression. Yeah. And um, and uh, needless to say, uh, a lot has happened <laughs> in that time frame. And so I just thought we would uh, kind of just get together and uh, chat about that subject, uh, the subject of suffering. And uh, just because it seems so poignant um, mm-hmm. and relevant, um, uh, so I'm just going to ask this question to kind of break the ice, but just uh, what are some of the things, um, not personally, but more pastorally and ministerially, would you say that you have learned or grown in or developed throughout that mm-hmm. season? Yeah. Uh, you know, as you kind of reflect on where you were two years ago yeah. and how you are now. Well, there are a lot. <laughs> there are a lot of lessons that I <laughs> yeah. learned and it would almost be too numerous to name but I, <laughs> but i think one of the things that came to my mind was a quote by aw tozier hmm. and he said something to the effect of god can't really use a man until he has hurt him hmm. now that that <laughs> statement seems cold yeah. and it seems harsh but that statement is very I think very uh, true. It's very um, upfront. It's it's raw. Yeah. Um, and people who maybe aren't in the ministry maybe don't understand it quite as much as those who are. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's a very true statement. And and I would modify it maybe slightly that 
God, um, he doesn't set out to purposefully hurt his sheep. And I think what Tozier is really talking about there is, uh, I think he allows the, maybe the hurts and the difficulties to come because he knows ultimately that is the best way we learn. Now, we don't like that thought. (laughs) That thought is difficult to think that I learn through the fire and the trials and and we've heard sermons about that all our lives, but we have to come to the realization that it's true, and we 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 learn more in the the difficulties than we do in the times of peace. Yes, definitely. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest lessons that God um, has showed me through all of that. And um, and uh, just again to to re- rely. On him totally, I think is another lesson because he brings you to your knees. And that well, that whole season, I re- I just feel like it was just a complete sort of like taking. It's like like God. If God was a karate guy, he would be taking out. He's sweeping your leg, you know. <laughs> uh, he sweeps the leg and brings you to your knees. And uh, well, that's... absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I I would I probably <laughs> prayed more during that season yeah. than I ever have. Yeah, and read more of the scripture i just i saturated myself in the in the psalms <laughs> during that time yes yes um and i and i think that that's again god god intends that we look to him totally mm-hmm. for everything and mm-hmm. and i know we know that in principle but in practice i think we don't we rarely live that way in yeah practice. <laughs> yeah and 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 you know along with that my thought has been that you can have people who uh, come alongside and they will encourage and they will help and 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 that's good that's what they should do Christians should do that actually more but you'll have people who will give you encouraging words and and uh, you can read all kinds of books um, but but when it comes down to it when you go through something like we went through yeah. Um, it's it's really only you and God, yeah, yeah. and that's it. Um, and, and and again, family is good, and family, you know, that's that's a wonderful thing to have when they're there. But ultimately, they cannot make you feel at peace. No. They cannot um, change your spiritual uh, walk or 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 whatever the Lord is trying to do. They they don't have the power to do that. So. The, the the again the the harsh reality of going through times of suffering is that it's just you and God. Yep. Yep. That's a hard path. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, some feel very maybe isolated and and lonely, but yet think about it. You <laughs> you're with the God of the universe and he's your heavenly father and again, I think it's interesting that that God will do what he has to do to get you to turn your eyes on him solely and wholly <laughs> yep. and fully. Yeah. Even it means breaking your legs. <laughs> yeah. And, and um that's 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 what a good shepherd does. And I think that that's um difficult for some people. And I I don't think all are willing to maybe maybe uh go down that path. No. 
Well, because <laughs> suffering is never a good thing. I think we read those verses, you know, like Romans eight twenty eight, and you know, all things work together for good, and we throw that out there, and then do we really believe that? And it's mm-hmm. I think it's in times like we went through. It was like, <laughs> do we really believe that? <laughs> yeah. Because at the moment, yeah. I just remember. Uh, I said in my sermon, uh, I was reminiscing on that time when I got the initial phone call uh, from Bethany um, about, you know, mom's, the initial states of some of mom's condition. And then, you know, when you and I went to go see her that in the first couple days of it all kind of falling apart, um, I just go back to that moment and it was not good at all. And so if you if if someone would have thrown that verse to me at that time, I probably would have punched him in the face <laughs> because at that time, like there's there's nothing that felt good about that moment. It, it I think God's goodness. It, this is the thing that's often hard to deal with in suffering because we think that if like we believe hard enough, it'll kind of take us out of suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, but God's goodness is often only seen or known in retrospect. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's sometimes yeah. in the moment, God doesn't feel good. He seems kind of sadistic. <laughs> and, um, I, I think the thing that I learned is, is similar is just the fact that sometimes God has to sweep the legs. God has to take yeah. everything away from you in order for you to yeah. really see yeah. that your only hope is your only hope, so to speak. You know I, what I, mean? I look at that experience and I always, my mind always goes to the fact that we were or I, we all were facing. I refer to it as the abyss. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. Yeah. It was deep. It was dark. It was the unknown. Yeah, and um, again, you don't know where to turn. Yeah, and again, that's why you, the only recourse for a child of God is is God Himself and His Word. Mm-hmm. That is the only recourse. Yes, yes, um, and I think. People, people tend to turn to other things that maybe satisfy for a moment, but not in the long run. And, uh, and you know, I think, I think a third thing that I, I also learned hmm. on a more practical level is that God can take away things or, or he, he, can, um, he, he can try you through the things that you maybe take for granted and he can take them away temporarily, um, uh, and therefore we had better not take them for granted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think um, I, I think that um, me and and your mother had a had have always had a a great marriage, a good relationship. However, uh, I don't care how strong they are, you can still <laughs> see elements and times where you take it for granted. Yeah. Well, and nothing prepares you for that type of a crucible of, let alone emotional turmoil, but relational turmoil yeah. when yeah. when you have your, your partner um, go through something like that. And it's just, <laughs> it, I don't think we were made to really comprehend that in full. And you could, in the moment, that's really the case. Yeah. Like, it's hard to put that into context. Cause yeah. <laughs> well, and, I, and, and, and so I would say now... Um, it, it it really hit home and and it has uh, imprinted that indelibly I think in my mind and heart that uh, man you better not take for granted people yeah, yeah. things yeah and um, because they can be taken away in mm. an instant 
and in a blink and, of an and, eye. and and let me uh, let me go a little bit different yeah. direction here too, and I, I want to say, um, you know, for for first of all, regarding depression, I, I want to um, just also maybe talk about, a little bit about that because if there's one area I think in Christian circles, um, especially conservative Christian circles, that I think this is an area of weakness. Uh, this one is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's not um, well understood. It it there has been a lot of um, uh, stereotyping and things about it written uh, that I think are are quite frankly wrong. Yes, I I think I used to be one of those that um, preached. Uh, well, you know, depression is. Um, just one of those things that you have to work through, and if you just try harder and think better, that things will get better, and it's your fault. Mm. And 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 maybe for some people in certain cases that's true. Maybe in in other cases, a a sinful lifestyle has caused uh, that, or it has resulted in depression, and it can do that. But I think the important thing to remember is that not all depression. Uh, comes from those things, <laughs> yeah. And it, this taught me that depression is real mm-hmm. for for some people and in some circumstances because because um, Kelly was probably more consistent in her Bible reading and uh, memorizing scripture <laughs> yeah. and doing that than anybody I know. <laughs> yeah. And even after her first uh, episode, um, uh, she was in she was in it hours and hours and hours and hours a day. So, yeah. you know, these who say you just need to think better and, 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 and try harder and do all these things, Yeah, that is not a one-size-fits-all no, for not. everybody. And I think that really bothers me that there's, there's still that teaching, Yeah, uh, especially among fundamentalist uh, Christians. Um, I, I think they have missed, missed this. Um, and because I think they're so afraid of maybe uh, being tainted with the worldly uh, psychology hmm. that we know is is dangerous and it can be very toxic. Yeah. But I think they're so they're so scared to venture into the fact that um, that depression and those type of things can be can and are real. For people that they avoid it, oh, yeah. or they try to, they try to um, make it so simple, and it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not. They simplify it way too much. And um, so, I, you know, that's that's the one thing I, I I would like to say to all those who may be listening who suffer with it, um, that um, don't don't um, necessarily buy into the fact that well, it's your fault. And you just need to buck up and do better. <laughs> you know what? In some cases, maybe yeah, that's that's true because of how the person has lived or what they have done or whatever. But there may be some cases where the person ha- actually has a, a physiological yeah. difficulty. I, I've always said to people that if you wanted a, a test case for the fact that depression is a real. Uh, uh, malignant thing in the world 
I think uh, mom, Kelly, is the best example of that. Like you, like you said, <laughs> her devotional life puts, I think, Puritans to shame. <laughs> I mean, she's been so puritanical in a good way in, her, in terms of her scripture reading that it's like it puts me to absolute shame. And I say that because, like, it does, faith in God is not a force field against suffering. It just doesn't work that way. It's it's just because you have faith in God doesn't mean you're going yeah. to be immune from the, the the turmoil, the travail that comes in this life. And Mom is a good case for that. Yeah. Uh, she yeah. was more faithful than anyone, and then this severe season afflicted her, and. I, I do think that she was struggling with just that sort of performance-driven idea of how she can she, that she has to perform her way out yeah, of it. Yeah. And to me, what it's brought to light all the more is just the the fragility of the human mind, yeah. and just how yeah. how fragile, how feeble it is, yeah. and no matter how how much we guard it. It's broken. It's fallen. Yep. Uh, Genesis three tells us that this whole world has been cursed, and one of those curses, I think, is is the ability at times to comprehend reality yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. I think too. I, I would make this point that, and I know maybe some who are listening um, are in this situation, and I want to say also that I used to be of the mindset again that uh, medication was just an awful, terrible thing, and you should avoid it at all costs. And again, I have to be careful here because I think you do have to be careful with medication. And it can, uh, you, you can go down roads with, with prescription medication and drugs that are very dangerous. However, again, in certain situations um, and in cases like this, um, I don't know where we would be without it. No, I don't either. Um, I think that it literally probably saved her her life. I do too. And I heard a preacher say one time, you know, um, that um, people going through this, you know, it, basically his advice was very simple. He said, um, um, "Stay in the Word and take your medication." And that sounds oversimplistic, but I think we've got to get away again from from the fact that well, it's evil, and. Um, in, in all cases and in all scenarios. Yeah. Um, As if prescription medication is somehow the equivalent of, like, almost abdicating your faith. I think right. there's, like, it, that stereotype yeah, it, that yes. if you take something to help your yes. mind, yes. that you're somehow yes. renouncing the faith yes. or something like that. And I don't want to I don't want to give the idea that, you know, we're, <laughs> we're recommending it for everybody. No. Because, you know, individuals are different and cases are different, but... Again, I, there's been such a uh, the mindset of so many um, in in Christian circles that 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 will say you know or or, or they'll, they'll just say this they'll say depression is sin, and I want to say categorically that those who make that statement I don't care how popular they are how many books they have written I will almost guarantee you that they've never gone through it firsthand. Or even secondhand. Or even secondhand. Yeah. And to make such a statement, um, I think is uh, I, I think is ridiculous. <laughs> um, it 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 angers me. Yeah. Because I think they are they are potentially harming people that are going through it. And um, and and you know you you alluded to the fact about about the mind and, and all of that. And I think what 
um, Kelly experience was what I refer to as a perfect storm of so many things that yeah. were going on yeah. in her life. And, and it was one of those subtle things that nobody really thought uh, anything about. No. <laughs> but she was burning the candle on both ends. And um, I, I didn't really uh, think anything about it because she's really kind of always operated that way. <laughs> but I think with the stress of ministry and, and, and other things that uh, had taken place, her, 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 her mind, her, her emotion, uh, her physical body, um, everything mentally, it, basically it said enough. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. I think it, and, and I think that's what, um, occurred in her life. And I will say this to maybe pastors and young pastors who are listening is you need to really be careful about guarding your wife hmm. and the responsibilities that she takes on in a yeah. church. You need to remember something, and, and, and churches are not good at this, but when they um, called you to that church, it is not a two-for-one. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. called you. Yeah. That's now, right. a lot of churches, I think, unfortunately, have the mindset that... Um, it's a two-for-one deal, and man, look what we got. And <laughs> and uh, we got the pastor, and then we got the pastor's wife, and she can do this and this and this. And I think that's a huge mistake. Hiring two people on one salary, essentially. <laughs> yeah. And I th- and and I think there's there are expectations. Yeah. And uh, you know, if I if I uh, were to go back and either write a, another dissertation, Lord help us, <laughs> or. Um, or a book, even. Yeah, when I, the, what's that book coming out, Dad? Well, I don't. Know. <laughs> um, I, I would, I would write on the subject of of pastoral expectations. Huh. Yeah. Because I think in our modern society, the expectations on the pastor and the pastor's wife have been so high. Yeah. That there is no human that can meet those expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's driving guys out of the ministry. I think so. They, you know, uh, the sometimes churches will say, "Well, we don't expect our our pastor to be all things to all men." Well, in reality, they do. Yeah. Um, and 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 unfortunately, I think that happens, and especially the 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 ones who are being missed a lot of times, I think, is the pastor's wife because um, if there's trouble brewing, she's a part of that, whether people know it or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She sees her husband being beat up. Um, uh, and maligned and, and all this kind of stuff. She is a part of that. Yep. And so I think, too, a, another thing on, on this very practical um, level, I would say, guys, guard your wife. Yeah. I think you need to share with her um, things, be open, be transparent. But I've learned another lesson, and that is um, – Maybe you, she doesn't need to know every bit of minutia that goes on as far as the the operation or the maybe specific, more specifically the problems yeah. in the church. Yeah, I think I I think as I look back, I should have sheltered Kelly a little more from all of that. Hmm. Um. And again, I'm not saying guys to hide things. I'm not saying to, but 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 yet there there needs to be discernment about, um, you know, not 
Um, well, because you're shepherding your wife too. Yeah, it, even though you're, yeah, she's she's in the trenches with you. Yeah, um, and I've learned that. I'm, I'm still really green in ministry, but I, I've learned that like. Sh- my wife is in the trenches with me as ministry, but I'm still, in a sense, shepherding her as well. And I think part of that shepherding is exactly what you're talking about is, is yes, you can sort of, if you need to, release and vent in some ways, but you also don't want to uh, taint her ministry to other people in the church at the yeah. same time yeah. um, and and make it harder for her to be uh, a minister to the people that she yeah. has relationships yeah. to, with and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's well, really apt. I, that's true. And I, I think maybe one of the things that contributed was um, uh, the fact that I vented too much. Hmm. And I think what I would suggest for um, pastors out there is to to find another pastor. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh uh, that's a friend that that is a confidant uh, for which you can do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I think pastors need that. And again, that takes some of the pressure off their wife. I th- I think we're responsible for um, not burdening their soul mm. um, and their heart. Yeah. And, and and I think that that's very easy to do. Um, and 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 again, along with that, and 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 I I think I touched on this, but. I would, I would again, uh, pastor, be careful that um, that you don't that people don't think that your wife has to do everything, <laughs> yeah. um, and um, you know that she's required to to even uh, teach or, you know what, your wife is is I don't see there is no instruction in the Bible that says that a, that a pastor's wife has to do anything. No, it's not there. Um, you know what she's required to do? Her main ministry is to support her husband and to um, to raise her family in a godly, biblical way. And if all she does is come to church faithfully and is there beside her husband supporting him, that's all that's required. Yep. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. And it, I think just as you were called to that ministry... I think also the the pastor's wife needs to feel that sense of calling mm-hmm. if she wants to uh, lead some sort of ministry. Uh, it, uh, that expectation thing that you mentioned, I think, is really true because it's it's so it's it's there. It's palpable in so many different church uh, how they're how they're formed and and all that kind of stuff where they expect certain things of the pastor and his family. And I think that, like you said, it kind of leads to a lot of that. Uh, strain and a lot of that stress, and it's a lot of it is unnecessary. I yeah, think. Uh, I have such a burden uh, now that I've gone through this. I have such a burden for hmm. other pastors, pastors' wives, younger guys especially, because yeah. um, I think they're. I think maybe some are, are living with this in silence, hmm. and they don't have anywhere to to turn. And I want to encourage them to not not uh, uh, give in. To, to that pressure or that those expectations, um, and 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 just you know feel free and have that freedom in the ministry that they need to to yeah. to minister effectively. Yeah, um, that's a good thought because along with the expectations of ministry, I think one of them I think is like this idea that as a pastor you're somehow impervious to stuff. Um, and I'm just going to use stuff because it covers a lot of thing, uh, a lot of things. But like you, you cannot 
show frustration. You cannot show uh, uh, faults. You cannot show these certain things. You cannot show failure, let alone show depression. And I think that sort of level of standard is mm-hmm. the standard that's ultimately has led, unfortunately, some pastors well, to take their life right. or uh, exit ministry. And, and and I've had seasoned seasoned men who have said uh, flat out, "Well, there there's no doubt about it that that the pastor's family is is supposed to be held to a higher standard." I don't see that in scripture. I, I mm. don't I don't see a scriptural mm. basis for that. Now, obviously, you know, uh, in the pastoral epistles, there are those characteristics that um, that that a that a pastor is supposed to have, and and uh, so forth. But again, to to put that kind of pressure <laughs> on the family, saying, "Well, he's held to a higher standard other than other." And again, I know that hey, people are looking at that family; they're looking to, for them to be the example. That's understood. But to but to say that well there's a different or a higher standard for them in their daily living, hmm. I think is flat out wrong. Yeah, it goes back to like some of like the like the the the, the Roman Catholicism type stuff with the bishops and the hierarchy mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of spiritual spirituality. I guess I could say. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. I don't know. It. I too have been burdened throughout the season just for. A sense of realness and rawness brought back to the pastoral ministry. Not in the sense that you have to just, you know, bear everything, but there is this sense in which you're not allowed to not allowed to show any faults or failures. Yeah. And I think that that's uh, <laughs> that's sort of self defeating. Uh, yeah. If you if you're not allowing your pastor to show his failures and his faults and his frustrations. You're setting him up for more than a, mm-hmm. more than a failure, probably uh, something like exiting the ministry or even worse than that. And I just, it's it's in it's kind of insane to me how prevalent that is in so many different churches. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And if a pastor is going through a hard time, that that you know, getting circling kind of back to the suffering. That only adds to the suffering. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, you know, I, I, I would even say this that we've somehow got to teach. We have to teach our people that the pastor has been called to shepherd and he's been called to serve, but he's also growing. Yeah, he, he's also um, learning, and he is the Lord is continuing to mold him, uh, just like the ones to whom he preaches. And, and and again, I go back to, to that idea because, um, you know, some don't think that he's, he, he's supposed to get down, that he's supposed to get <laughs> discouraged or whatever. And, um, you know, when suffering comes along, some don't really know how to react to that. Um, and I think that's the opportunity for the church uh, body to be a, uh, you know, come alongside. Yeah. <laughs> And to yeah. to be a to be a help and um, and 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 again uh, uh, you know the the as I said earlier the, the the word of God is the only thing that's going to be the true balm. However, um, even having said that, the there is there is something to be said for the um, just a word from people. Hmm. Um, and uh, again, I think that sometimes people just just simply saying, "Hey, look, I'm praying for you." 
And uh, I just wanted you to know that. I think that goes further, actually, by the way, than um, quoting a verse. <laughs> yeah, I do too. You know, and, yeah. and kind of getting back to what you said earlier um, in our conversation, <laughs> the uh, that, that Romans uh, 8.28 is one of the most misused and abused verses yeah. uh, for people when they're going through suffering. It's it's one of the worst, by the way, to quote at a funeral. If you're, <laughs> if you're you know, yeah. walking through the, yeah. the visitation line, um, it's the most inappropriate <laughs> verse, I think, to say to a person uh, whose loved one has just passed away. And so I would avoid that yeah. um, altogether. But sometimes you just need to be quiet. Exactly. Well, I exactly. was thinking when I was preaching from Job, <laughs> going back to the beginning of that sermon, uh, the only thing that Job's friends did that was right mm-hmm. is they started out with silence and said nothing. <laughs> Instead, they yep. spent the rest of the thirty yep. odd chapters trying yep. to figure out what Job had done yep. to cause it. Instead, they should have just sat in a little bit more silence. And they probably did more for his encouragement when they just sat there, <laughs> had, you know, shut their mouths, yeah. than than when they, uh, you know, started, uh, um, you know, trying to. Um, I think there is tell him what un- was wrong. There's this uncomfortableness with not only suffering but sufferers, and where we kind of we kind of don't know what to say. And I think sometimes we feel like we need to say something. But I yep. think going back. Sometimes you, uh, the best thing you can do is not say anything at all. Just mm-hmm. be there, be a presence. Yep. Um, because that there, there's some. I don't even know how to articulate it accurately, but there was just there is a presence that is felt when you are sitting in the in with someone who has been there through something that you've been through. They don't have to say anything. They don't have to impart wisdom. Just having them there mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. sort of a benefit. Mm-hmm. It's a, an encouragement in and of itself. Well, I think what you said uh, is is the reason why we feel awkward in those situations is because we think we have to say something yeah. uh, that is wise yeah. and profound, <laughs> and we don't. No. Um, you know, again, after all these years, I, most of the time if I'm going through, uh, you know, the line, the visitation line at a funeral or even uh, oftentimes visiting at uh, the hospital, you know, I, I will just say, look, I just want you to know I'm praying for you, and I will continue to do so. Yeah. And it doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, this profound quote or statement. It Just people knowing that you're there is, yeah. is important. And that's that goes for anybody going through suffering. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that, that is uh, so significant, and uh, we need to remember that. <laughs> so we're like... Two years removed, like we said at the beginning, from that initial sort of windfall of, of depression hitting mom. And, and obviously, two years removed, it's kind of a miracle mm-hmm. <laughs> what has happened in her life in terms of her being able to regain her sense of reality and, quote, be mom again or whatever. Um, what would you say, uh, because we were there. Uh, when I didn't feel like that was ever going to happen, what would you say to uh, a pastor, a family, or any 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 Christian who who is uh, sort of in that moment where they're in sort of the the heat of it all and it doesn't feel like it's good? Is there is there something that you've been a- that you were able to kind of cling to um, through that some passage or reminder that just kept 
gnawing at you? Well, I, I don't know if I could just nail it down to one uh, passage. I, well, you're like, a Baptist. Do three. Well, or three. <laughs> I, no, I think, uh, like I said, I just... I, I didn't know where to turn. Uh, yeah. I, 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 it was like I said. It was it, it was just like looking out or into uh, an abyss. Yeah. I I saturated myself in the Psalms to the point where I I just started going and writing out um, as many verses as I could on um, fear mm. and uh, trust mm. and and things like that. Um, and I so I just started at Psalm one and I just started flipping through. My Bible, and um, especially ones maybe that I had underlined or highlighted, and I was just writing them out by hand. And um, I did that for uh, many, many hours, and that 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 really, honestly, was um, the only thing that pulled me through. I think in mm. in the heat of it. Yeah, yeah. It I had to be in the Word, and I I I don't know of any other thing that will help people. Um, through those times, yeah. you, I, I, certainly books um, aren't going to help. I, you've got to saturate yourself in the Word. Yes, and find a space, physical, practical, or even just like a spiritual space where you can vent these things. I think the thing that I've learned throughout this whole thing is, at the same time, I was sort of studying some Psalms as well. Is just like if you are coming to the Scriptures thinking that you cannot be emotional. You're not reading the scriptures because <laughs> right. David was right. everywhere, right. crying right. and grieving. I always go yeah. back to Psalm 13 where it talks about he is like literally drowning himself in his tears, yep. and I just think that f- find that space where you can be confident and bold enough to vomit that sort of stuff on God, um, because <laughs> trust me, he he can carry it. He can he can withstand. You saying those sorts of things, like thinking about some of the things that David says. Um, I think sometimes, some in some Christian circles, I feel like they would think that if they really honestly looked at it, they would feel like he's not saved, <laughs> just because of the things he's doubting. God's even listening to him; that God's even favoring him, uh, and that's how intense his his suffering is. And in the heat of the moment, in the heat of the of, of the crucible, so to speak. Uh, it can feel that way. It can feel like God's forgotten you. <laughs> the Psalms are very emotional. Yeah. And of course, I think I think that has a lot to do with the uh, musical uh, uh, framework. Yeah. That that they have, <clears throat> but I think that's why people relate to the Psalms so much is because they share so <laughs> much of the emotion that is yes. poured forth by yes. the, by the psalmist because. Yes. They literally, uh, whoever the psalmists were, whether it's David or some of the others, they, they went through everything that, that, that we could possibly go through. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, I think you're, you're right. You read uh, some of the psalms, and, and wow, I mean, they, they are just full of people who are going through great times of difficulty. Yeah. Um, David, David especially, um, you know, because here's a guy who had awful things going on in his home um you know and in his home life his because of his sin was was never going to be the same and um and so he he david had a really difficult life yeah when you really think about it as a whole (laughs) yeah i mean i think that's i think that's why we relate to the psalms yeah 
Um, and, and that's, again, I, I, I come back to say that is the only thing I know of that, that will help during, during this. If, if some are listening and you are in the heat of it, you're in, you're in the valley right now, um, you have got to be in the Word mm. and, and just stay there. That's the only thing that's going to help your soul. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I that helped me is the word, obviously. But another thing that helped me is coming to the conclusion that I don't have to have a reason why this happened. Like we were talking about before, just like it doesn't make sense that this would happen to mom because she's so faithful or whatever. And I think that that's kind of the point, too, that... It happens to anyone. Anyone, uh, not just talking about depression, but suffering can happen to anyone at any time for apparently no reason. And I think that that's okay. Yeah. And I was kind of, I'll, I'll share one of our favorite movies. <laughs> um, I love that movie, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, I always just get so cracked up at it. And I always, I, there's that scene that is so, um, it's like buried into my head nowadays because, you know, Plain Strange and Automobiles, John Candy and Steve Martin, they go through a lot of stuff, a lot of suffering. <laughs> and then they get into that car, and then the, the car breaks down. And remember, it, it starts catching on fire. And then what do they do? They start laughing. And so they've been brought to the point where their suffering is so bad that they all they can do is laugh. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's suffering for apparently no reason. And I think in a lot of ways that that's kind of the point where God is bringing us to in a lot of ways where he's just like bringing us to further and further and further to the brink where all we can do is just, okay, God, uh, I don't really know what to say. There's no reasons. Yep. There's no rhyme or reason uh, yep. except for the fact that, hey, he's in control. Because yep. I go back to Job. Uh, we were talking about how Job's friends, they were trying to look for, they were trying to find out, you know, the reason and if you, you read 42 chapters of Job, and he's never given a reason. No. He, he's never given an explanation. He, uh, Job, <laughs> Job died never knowing why. Never knowing why God allowed him yeah. to go yeah. through that. Yeah. And I think coming to this conclusion where not every season or moment or trial has a, a thing that you can blame, so to speak. Like, we want that. We want yeah. there to be this... Yeah someone or something that we can just get angry at and sometimes there's not yeah and that's really hard to be okay with yeah um but i think yeah you know being okay with the fact that i don't have to know yeah and god is god and i'm not god yeah that's the i don't know that was a big (laughs) a big yeah and I, and i think it's important to 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 remember that while we may not know the specific reason and and i don't think we'll know this side of eternity no all of the specifics but i heard a preacher say too that god never wastes our suffering yeah that one really hit home to me too he, yeah. he's got a purpose in it yeah and you know another passage that really um uh i've always loved but it really hit home to me even more was second corinthians 12 where paul goes through some sort of suffering we don't know what it was um you know the thorn in the flesh. I, I personally think that it it most likely was maybe physical. Mm. Uh, perhaps he was going blind. Uh, we're not sure. There's been many um, many uh, different interpretations of that uh, or ideas. But whatever it was, 
um, he was suffering, and he asked God to take it away, and God said no. And that, by the way, that's another important point of suffering is that um, prayer, of course, is, is, is also such a, an important part of, of the Bible saturation, like I call it. And, um, and that, that it, it certainly intensifies the prayer life. Um, and we can say, Lord, you know, take this away, take this away. But, but you know, God sometimes says no. Mm. Yeah. He sometimes says no. He certainly did it with Paul. Yeah. And Paul was mature enough. And this, one, this is the part that really uh, convicts me, is that Paul was mature enough to say, okay, <laughs> Lord, if, if my suffering better reflects your glory and people see that, then that's what I'm willing to do. Yeah. I'm willing to have all of this, and and he and his motto, or or the moniker that he came back to again and again, uh, was, um, "My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness." Yeah. Mm. How many people really, <laughs> really put that into practice during their suffering? Yeah. Not many. No, because that's another verse that's we say a lot. Yeah. But yeah. until you're brought to the brink where you actually have to believe it. Do you really believe it? That 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 that's a tough one. I don't know if I would have the same sort of spiritual maturity. <laughs> well, not many people reach that level, no, <laughs> uh, like Paul did. But no. but again, I I think that's important. Um, you know, when he goes on in that verse ten of that chapter, he said for, and he goes through all those things. Um, uh, in fact, he he says, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, or insults, uh, in necessities. That word means troubles in persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Mm. He, he, his perspective on suffering I find incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, I, you know, there may not be many who reach that level of spiritual maturity, but we sure should be striving for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, and Well, and his perspective on suffering was, just like Paul... And not to not to oversimplify all of this, but it always came back to Christ. Yeah. And, yeah. and so many people want to have all these other avenues of, quote, overcoming suffering. Paul's answer was Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ alone. Christ crucified. Christ the sufferer. Yep. Uh, is the one who has felt every, you know, it may not have been Paul that wrote it, but the Hebrew writer, uh, he's felt every single point of our infirmities, every single ounce of suffering that we endure, Christ has suffered along with us. And if we want that, you know, we were talking earlier about someone who comes along to just be a presence, we have it in Christ. Um, He's the present sufferer Mm -hmm. who suffers with those who are suffering. And... uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm incredibly encouraged by Paul's perspective. I mean, Paul had a one-track mind, which yeah. <laughs> was basically it was Christ and the gospel, and, and that was it. And if his sufferings furthered that, he was okay with it. He was okay with it, yeah. which again I find incredible. Yeah. But um, but I will say this. Um, and and some people may be uh, wondering, but I, I did want to mention that. Um, and you had touched on it, that, but after two years, um, Kelly is doing fantastic. And um, like I tell people, I think she's better now yeah. than she has been in many years. Yep. I, I, I see a joy that, that used to be there hmm. years ago that, that again maybe started um, fading along, you know, accompanied by the, the depression that settled in. 
And so I, you know, she, I think she's doing great. Um, and, uh, you know, we're still, we're still working through, um, you know, medication and, and things like that, but, uh, but she's doing very, very well. And it's all because of grace. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, I say the same things. Uh, it's kind of, rem- well, not kind of, it's remarkable what the spirit has done in, well, not just mom, our whole, our, kind of our family, mm-hmm. um, and allowing, you know, allowing each other to have that sort of space to grieve. Um, and then that grieving was turned into rejoicing. And, uh, well, and again, because, and, and again, we may be speaking to some who are going through it, you know, it, it seems dark and there's, there's the unknown. That's the scary part. Yeah. Because I mean, you and I both shared the same sentiment or, or feeling that we didn't know if we would get her back. No. Um, you know, like we knew her. <laughs> I think that's the scary part, but but we did, and we have, and and I think it's even better. Yeah. And so I want to encourage those who may be going through it that it's that that it not everything is lost hmm. um, if you're going through it, and um, you can come out of it, and um, and uh, there are things that the medical uh, people can do to help that, and there are. Um, there, there are remedies. There are things that that can help yeah. people that go through it. Yeah. Um, and don't be afraid of that. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Don't be scared of that, or don't don't consider it to be wrong. No. Um, you know, if, if you need help, get it. Yeah. <laughs> that, yes. That's that's my key. And and again, yes. I, I I I guarantee you, there's going to be some listening, who um, maybe are going through it and they're afraid to admit it, or they're afraid to. Um, uh, say anything because it, you know they don't know maybe how um, others in their congregation are going to think. You know, I, I, I'll be honest um, in that regard. I, I've been blessed. There, nobody ever indicated uh, anything negative as far as um, uh, our situation goes, hmm. and so that's that's a blessing. Yeah. You know, nobody judged, nobody um, said anything, and. Um, um, you know, we give them, we gave them enough information to know what was going on, and um, but uh, no one uh, ever judged us regarding hmm. uh, that particular thing, hmm. which again indicates to me that I think there's probably more people in your congregations who are going through stuff like this yes. than you know. Yes. So it's not just pastors and pastors' <laughs> wives. Yeah. I think there are people sitting in your pews. Yes. Who who are going through it, and they need to understand that there's help. Yep. And certainly, certainly, there's the spiritual help that we've been talking about. But there's also, there, there's also medical help if if that is necessary. Yes, practical, practical things that can yep. be done and, and measured yep. out. So, and yep. and so again, I would say, pastors, if you have a, if you have someone come and 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 the situation seems very very deep and dark, um, don't get the idea that you that you have to solve it Mm. i think that's another problem too is that we're trained to well we're biblical counselors and i've had i've had nine (laughs) hours of biblical counseling therefore you know what i can fix this yeah uh you know what there there is nothing um laudable about um trying to fix a problem in which you don't have the expertise yeah and I, I think uh, I think pastors need to be humble and contrite enough, contrite enough to say, you know what, I can't fix this. There, there <laughs> yeah. may be others who are better, uh, better yeah. trained and well equipped yeah. to handle this particular problem than I am. Yeah, 
And of course, I believe in, in counseling biblically, but but again, I think I think we we have gotten uh, to the point where we've said, or we think that no matter how deep the problem is, um, we can fix it. <laughs> and it might be a medical issue where you couldn't, you can't yeah, fix yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So again, I I, I just want to throw out those things because. Um, uh, that's so important, and and maybe you know at some point we could revisit and talk more about the that end of it because yeah me too because again I think uh, I I am burdened for those who are um, fearful hmm. and who are going through it yes whether it be the pastor the pastor's wife or the people that sit in the pew yes me too yep any other final words you want to share no I don't think so just be encouraged knowing that. Um, that uh, if you're going through it or somebody is in your family, um, that there is a way out of the the dark tunnel. Mm. Um, And sometimes uh, tunnels are, for some, are longer than others, (laughs) and that's only determined by God. Yes. But, But there's always hope in Him. Yes. Amen. Thanks, Dad. Okay. Enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, this has been a uh, an episode that I've been wanting to record for a long time, and I'm so glad that I was able to do so with my dad. Uh, he and I just having a really good and honest and heartfelt conversation. Again, I encourage you to reach out if you are having any questions or having any doubts or having any struggles. Uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I've put in, put my, my dad's and, and mine contact information in the notes to this show. Please do so at, uh, at your convenience. I encourage you to to do that. Thanks so much for listening though. Uh, you can you can subscribe to Ministry Minded on Apple Podcast or on Spotify or several other places if you go to Anchor FM. Uh, I've included that link too. Uh, I appreciate all of your encouragement and your support and uh, just thanks so much for listening and commenting and subscribing. I'll see you in the next next episode. Blessings. <laughs>